James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome, James Golden, indeed, a.k.a. Mr. Snerdly. If you'd like to be part of today's program, you can join us. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. We have so much to discuss, so many different directions. And we do want your calls to be part of the mix. 800-848-WABC. There are competing top stories. The Biden speech yesterday in Georgia is being largely panned. Although I did read an article uh, defending it from no less than Donna Brazil, even our own New York's own Al Sharpton was somewhat critical of it, saying that his uh, his voting address speech was a you're going to hell speech. It's not going to get votes. And that's pretty much what he did. He called Joe Biden, President of the United States, decided to use his time in Georgia to call Georgians out as being racist, to call Republicans out as being no better than Democrat segregationists, who he named, and including Confederate President Jefferson Davis. And it was pathetic. We will talk about it. Mitch McConnell has delivered a scathing rebuke to that speech on the Senate floor today. We will have a few, just a few bites from Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor. So, yes, we're going to talk about that. We are having, and just before the show started, we had a chance to have a conversation, which we will play for you, with United States Senator Rand Paul. Rand Paul, if you watched the news yesterday, was involved in a very, very heated discussion again with with Dr. Fauci. That has become commonplace. But what isn't commonplace is the manner that Dr. Fauci is now uh, approaching these hearings, these oversight hearings. And Senator Rand Paul, as brilliant as usual, And not only his analysis of what happened yesterday, our good friend Tammy Bruce, by the way, uh, was on a program or or spoke to it and said that that Dr. Fauci embarrassed himself yesterday at these hearings by pretty much going at and trying to attack Senator Rand Paul. You're not going to want to miss the conversation with Rand Paul. That's coming up as well. There are things that are reality. For the last few days, we have been talking about, and months, we've been, well, days, we've been talking about the new district attorney, Alvin Bragg. The New York Post reported today that a career criminal, William Rowland, was arrested for threatening a drugstore worker with a knife when he stole $2,000 worth of merchandise. But Bragg's office, the office of the New York District Attorney, reduced those charges against Roland 
They dropped the first-degree robbery and criminal possession of weapon counts, as he promised that he would. Would. Now, there was another story today. I'll have to find it. It was either BizPack, uh, New York Post, or one of the like, where reporters attempted to question Mr. Bragg this morning about this decision from his office to let this violent robbery attempt go down as nothing more than a mere misdemeanor. And arrogantly, Mr. Bragg refused to answer questions. It's an open question. Well, no, it's not open because you already got your way. He wasn't charged. It has begun. This is not theory anymore. The lawlessness that Democrat Alvin Bragg wants to bring to New York City and his brand of progressive district attorneys by elevating the status of criminals to almost heroes and by trampling on the rights of the victims has begun for whatever social weirdness, social justice weirdness these people have in their brains. This is no longer theory. It has begun. The violence upon New York City citizens that will be unchecked by the very people that are supposed to protect them, the district attorney's office, has begun. Another story today, Mayor Eric Adams has reined in the employment terms of his brother, which I could care less about, frankly, and all of that, but also affecting your life. Inflation prices in December rose 7% in one month. 7% in one month. Yes, I can repeat the number. It is at a 40-year high. That remains the same. So people hear that, oh, nothing's changed. Yes, it has changed. Because in December, what you are paying for goods and services is so much more than what you paid in November and so much more than you paid this time last year. It is your personal wealth, your personal income, your personal savings that are now severely under threat from the policies instituted by Democrats from Washington, D.C., down to the state level with this unelected Governor Hochul to the new mayor, Eric Adams, who's district attorney, elected by the people here, Alvin Bragg, who has decided that he wants to let violent criminals prey on you. As a function of his office, the Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, wants dangerous criminals to prey on you. And this is no longer theory. This is no longer what could happen. As of the case of career criminal, William Rowland, arrested for threatening a drugstore worker with a knife when he stole $2,000 worth of merchandise 
And by the way, being threatened with a knife is no small matter. It takes less than a fraction of a second to fatally stab someone. And yet, this, on the advice of the district attorney's office in New York, this career criminal, the judge that saw him said pretty much, this is your lucky day. We have a new district attorney in Manhattan who wants to make sure that you don't have to do serious jail time for what you did. Alvin Bragg's, Bragg is a disgrace. He is a dangerous disgrace to the people of New York. People will be killed in New York and murdered because of the policies of their new Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, and the progressives that have now taken over justice, so-called justice, in New York. This is a threat to every New York City business owner, to every New York City resident. And yet, when he's asked questions this morning about what he did yesterday, he just refuses to answer because he doesn't have to answer to you, the little people. James Golden, a.k.a. Boast Nerdly. Yes, we're going to talk about Mitch McConnell. We're going to talk about the speech that Joe Biden did yesterday, that horrific speech. Yes, you have to stay here and listen to the interview we have with Senator Rand Paul, which is enlightening, beyond belief. Senator Rand Paul will give us a roadmap of how to deal with Fauci. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. We're back right after this. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. From the Grammy Award-winning... Inner Visions album, Stevie Wonder brings us back, Higher Ground, and if I'm not mistaken, this album won four Grammys that year. Let's move ahead into the Biden uh, the Biden speech yesterday. This is from AmericanWireNews.com. Uh, President Joe Biden formally called for the elimination of the filibuster, a move that would grant just him and the Democrat Party extraordinary, unprecedented power. Now... In this speech, which American Wired News says it was stunningly demagogic, voting rights, this claim of voting rights, that Republicans are trying to suppress voting rights, 
was laid out. Well, not laid out in total. All he did was name call to people and basically accuse the Republicans that don't want to stand in the way, I mean, that don't want to give in to these Democrats vote this so-called John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And let's say something. Let me just be really clear about something. I don't mean any disrespect to anyone who met, loved, adored, worshipped John Lewis. I met uh, Congressman John Lewis and, in fact, spent a very pleasant afternoon with him once. John Lewis was a demagogue. John Lewis was a civil rights hero, it is true. John Lewis took the beatings, it is true, in the 60s on the Emmett's Bridge in, in the South. It is true that John Lewis put his life up to stand up for freedom. And that's one of the reasons he was elected to Congress, because he was perceived as a young hero. By the time John Lewis passed, sadly, he had used that position of being a civil rights hero to turn it almost into a caricature of itself. And instead of being honest about where the real threats were to civil rights in America, John Lewis chose to aim his vitriol toward Republicans. And I will never forget another speech that he did from the House floor, which gets less attention. And in that speech, he claimed Republicans are coming for you. They're coming for your children. They're coming for the, they're coming for that. Almost equating Republicans with the very worst beings in the country, the ones that had tried to suppress his freedoms. Democrats will use anything and anybody to get what they want politically. They are using the memory of who John Lewis was to try and claim that Republicans are now the new Ku Klux Klan, they are now the new black, the new Democrat Party, because let us face it, the party of Jim Crow in America was the Democrat Party. It was John Lewis Democrats who were beating John Lewis. It were not, they were not Republicans. They were fellow Democrats in Georgia, in Alabama, in Louisiana, in North Carolina, in South Carolina, in Tennessee, in Virginia, who were beating black people. They were Democrats. And now you have the spectacle of Joe Biden going into Georgia, wagging his finger and calling these people names as if they are the old Democrats that we all had to fight against for our freedoms, when in fact what Georgia Republicans did was make it easier to cast your vote in Georgia than it is to cast your vote in Delaware. And we have a corrupt press who could easily find, expose, 
and bring those facts before the voters of the United States, but they refuse to because this to them is a horse race and they never want to see the Republicans win it. So if Republicans have factual information, if there is factual information that could bolster their argument, it is never presented in the corrupt mainstream press in this country, which is why you don't see that particular analysis. That as a result of what the the, the changes brought into the voting legislation in Georgia, it is now easier to cast your vote, and you can do so with a lot more clarity, that it is easier now to cast your ballot and have it counted correctly in Georgia than it is in Joe Biden's Delaware. So, Joe Biden goes down to what he thinks that you're going to perceive as the deep south, and he starts insulting you people in the south, the southern part of our nation. And anywhere else that you don't anywhere else that you don't want to hand over your votes to Joe Biden and his corrupt Department of Justice. So, as a result of all of that today, that speech which basically called people Republicans Democrats, because that's what Joe Biden did. He called Republicans the old Democrat Southern Guard. Called them names like, like, like George Wallace. You're nothing more than a George Wallace. You're like a Jefferson Davis. Mitch McConnell had enough. We have three Mitch McConnell bites today from the Senate floor with Mitch responding. Let's play bite one so you can hear how Mitch responded to what we heard yesterday coming from Joe Biden in Georgia. Yesterday, that very same man delivered a deliberately divisive speech that was designed to pull our country further apart. Twelve months ago, this president said we should see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. Yesterday, he called millions of Americans his domestic enemies. Twelve months ago, the president called on Americans to join forces, stop the shouting, lower the temperature. The New York Post today has, the editorial board, has their own analysis of the speech yesterday. They say Joe Biden's disgraceful lies on the filibuster and Democrats' power grab over U.S. voting laws uh, it's in a disgraceful performance. He went down to Georgia to offer a disgraceful pack of lies about the filibuster and the Democrats' so-called voting rights bill. Let's listen to what else Mitch McConnell had to say. Go second one. But yesterday, he shouted that if you disagree with him, you're George Wallace. George Wallace. If you don't pass the laws he wants, you're Bull Connor. And if you oppose giving Democrats untrammeled one-party control of the country, well, you're Jefferson Davis. You know, this is all ironic given that 
and many of us remember you, Joe Biden. You're not a new fixture. We remember you defending segregationist Joe Biden. We remember you telling us that you didn't want your kids going to those jungle schools. And what we know you meant by the jungle schools, let's be really plain about this. You didn't want your kids being the good old Hunter Biden, pure as wind-driven snow Hunter Biden. You didn't want your precious Bo Biden to have to go to the school with black children because they were inferior and from the jungle. You wanted to keep your kids pure and white, Joe Biden, in terms of a mindset. And you let that be known. And you said it. And today, you go, yesterday, you go down to Georgia and call the good people of Georgia all sorts of these names. Mitch McConnell, cut three. Twelve months ago, this president said disagreement must not lead to disunion. Ah, but yesterday he invoked the bloody disunion of the Civil War, the Civil War, to demonize Americans who disagree with him. He compared, listen to this, a bipartisan majority of senators to literal traitors. How profoundly, profoundly unprecedented. Look, I've known, liked, and personally respected Joe Biden for many years. I did not recognize the man at the podium. Well, you may not recognize him, but that's the man that's there. And more importantly, this is what the Democrat Party is willing to do. Folks, let me just be really clear about something. My allegiance to political party goes only so far, and it's not very far at all. My allegiance is more with conservative ideology than political party. If conservatives were doing in these states, in Georgia and and the other states that have implemented changes in their voting, if they were doing things, that would suppress the vote of black people or any person. I don't care whether they're black or white. If they were doing things that would suppress the votes of Hispanic people that had legal, have legal rights to vote in this country. If they were doing things that suppress the right of white women, white men, white children above the age of 18, legally edu- able to vote. If Republicans were doing these things, I would be standing here to you demanding that those Republicans be removed from office. The reason that Joe Biden and the Democrats have to go through such extraordinary lengths to try to get this done is because there is no real need for it. It is a political sham. Democrats for the past 15 to 20 years, have tried to, quote-unquote, expand voting. It moved from election day to election week. 
to now election two weeks, next in three weeks. Then they start putting in these ballot harvesting schemes everywhere. And we Republicans finally get wise and say, hey, no, 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 no. You're leaving too many openings here where the vote can be manipulated. Then these Democrats, like Joe Biden and others, claim, oh, you people are racist. You're trying to, you, you want to suppress black people voting. This whole thing is a political lie of the first order. And it needs to be stopped. And Democrats need to be held to account for trying to throw gasoline on America's racial tensions and light a match underneath it. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, back with you. And then Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. Don't you, you have to listen to this. And we'll be back in a moment. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind You know, it's amazing what what music can do to you to trigger you. Um, I I had no idea Rich was going to play Georgia. And the the second I heard Ray Charles voicing in Georgia, I almost got emotional. Because Georgia so mistreated this man. And yet he rose so high in America to become such an American treasure. And later they opened up. They opened up Georgia to Ray Charles and embraced him as their son. And Ray Charles is an American son. And this, folks, is what the problem is. All of that, the Democrats would have you believe, didn't happen. It was for nothing. That we're the the same people who in Georgia wanted to deny Ray Charles the ability to go play and perform where he wanted to, to raise his family, to live as he wanted to. Democrats would have you believe that nothing in America has changed, that the same racist crackers are running things there. And those are their words. That's what they used to call themselves, the racist crackers down there. And they were Democrats, but they're not. The racist crackers don't run Georgia. They don't run Georgia. They don't run Louisiana. They don't run Mississippi. They don't run North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia. The Democrats have been displaced. And for Joe Biden to go down and claim that this Voting Rights Act is protecting people against these old segregationist Democrats is a disgrace. We are not that country anymore. And the only one trying to pour gasoline on people's and inflame people's memories and inflame their hearts are these ruthless, these politically ruthless swine who would have you believe that Americans have nothing but hatred for fellow Americans in their heart. And that is not the case. We have come so far as a nation 
and for Joe Biden and this Democrat Party to try to take us back down this pathway is immoral. Rich, let's go to the phones. Where should we head? Let me just say amen, brother, and good afternoon. Let us begin in Staten Island and say hi to Frank. Hi, Frank. Welcome to ABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, James. Good afternoon. Okay, so President Biden went to Georgia to make a speech about voting rights. So they invent this advertising term called voter suppression. But I don't know what's being suppressed. I just don't. They don't even say. They never even give the examples. I always thought it was like you have to be a citizen, 18 and older, and, and you have to be registered. And that those three, that's all you got to be. When I go vote, I don't have to show an ID. I sign my name. And I go vote, and I make it my business, even on September 11, 2001, the actual day. I got up early. It was the primary day, and I got up early to vote at 6.30 in the morning. I made it my business to vote. So I don't know what's being suppressed. What is being suppressed is the ability for Democrats to put these voter harvesting boxes where they will be unobserved and where people can stuff them with ballots. What's being suppressed is the idea of keeping Election Day officially open for three and four weeks, including past the time of the election in some cases. What is being suppressed is giving Democrats the ability to create loopholes to potentially, I'm not saying that they do, they do, uh, potentially manipulate the vote based on what they see happen on Election Day and be able to pull out enough votes from wherever they need to pull them out so that they can claim victory in close races. That's what's being suppressed. In other words, let's just call it what it is. Democrat attempts at cheating are being suppressed. This has nothing to do with black people or any other ethnic group having their rights taken from them. This has to do with Democrat Party politics. And the Democrats will try to win by any means necessary. Where are we going next? We're going to head out to East Meadow on the island and say hi to Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Welcome, WABC. Hi there. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. It's such a pleasure to listen to you every afternoon on my way home from work. Um, I want to say how much I appreciate your insight, your extreme – I just – I just love listening to you. And I listen to WABC all day long, uh, well, when I can during the workday, and going in in the morning. And Sid Rosenberg talked about you this morning. Um, Really? He wants to hear hear from you. Oh, I'd love to talk to Sid. Give him a call. I'll give Sid a call. Give him a call Why? when he's on the air tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know, but he said he hadn't talked to you. He plays some of your clips. Um, I love Sid. I worked with Sid when I was at 1010 Winds and he was at WNEW in the city. And uh, oh, love I love it. Him. And yeah, when he came to long, when he came to back to New York, I was so thrilled. So I contacted him. Well, we're so thrilled to have Bernie and Sid in the morning here. And we're so happy, we are so happy to have you listening. So thank you, Nancy, so much. You know what, Nancy? If we don't get to listen to Rand Paul now, Senator Rand Paul will run out of time. So I'm going to do that. But thank you, Nancy, for the call. Appreciate that. Folks, let's listen in, Senator Rand Paul. Good afternoon, Senator Paul. 
Glad to be with you, Bob. Good. I'm going to jump right to it. Senator Paul, I watched the hearings as many other Americans. I am so sorry to have to ask such a basic question of a sitting United States senator. What is the purpose of oversight hearings? Who is supposed to have the oversight? You know, everybody who works for government and is given a purpose is supposed to be overseen by Congress. We allocate the money. So we allocated uh, Dr. Fauci's $420,000 salary, and we should be able to ask questions about what he's doing when he's at work. One of the questions I asked was, when you're at work, do you think it's the proper role of your position to take down scientists, to have a public takedown of scientists you don't like and to label them fringe? And he didn't like the question, so he attacked the messenger. Well, this is not the first time that he's attacked you. Instead, he's pretty much tried to accuse you of being a liar. And you refer to the email where he had to acknowledge that, yes, these are his words in the email that you are that you are referring to. And so part of the problem is uh, what he what he did, the way that he does it appears that he thinks he has oversight over, which is a real issue. But here's another thing is Mm -hmm. the the thing that's come out, you know, in the last couple of weeks is that he's also said that he is the science. And so if you question him, you're questioning science. He also said yesterday that anybody who opposes him is basically encouraging death threats. And I thought that was a really inappropriate thing to do. Look, I was at the ball field when we were shot up and Steve Scalise almost died. It was a Bernie Sanders supporter, but not one of us blamed it on Bernie Sanders. So I just think it's really juvenile and uh, really uh, inappropriate for him to attack people and say, oh, if you're opposed to me, you're the one fomenting violence against me. Now, we have under Dr. Fauci's watch, the entire death toll of covid is now over, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Senator, 900,000 people. Yeah, and they've done almost everything that he asked for. So really, if you talk about the last two years, what did we do? What did government do in response? Well, they did everything Dr. Fauci asked for. So you might want to ask, and people might want to ask, has it been a successful you know, run of the last two years? You know, They wanted to blame everything on Trump last year, but now that more people have died under Biden's watch, Whose fault is it? Now, ultimately, the spread of disease is no one politician's fault, but I do blame Fauci for the economic uh, ramifications of shutting the economy down. And the people he's attacked, I think, had a reasonable approach. Let's try to expend a lot of effort to those who are at high risk, those who are uh, over a certain age and those who are over a certain weight. Let's really try to help the people at high risk and put a lot of resources towards that and not spend so much time, you know, holding a five-year-old kid down and forcing him to be uh, uh, vaccinated. Uh, Senator Paul, I, like many other Americans, have had now to deal with COVID, and I was vaccinated and the this is something that, trust me, if you have not had it and experienced it in a full-blown manner, you don't want to. It is terrible. That said, I got it at, at Christmas, Christmas Eve, actually. And I'm still dealing with the ramifications of it. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. So many other Americans like me. And I didn't was never advocating people, you have to do this, you have to do that. I researched it myself. I said, you know, I need to get vaccinated. So I did. But a lot of there are a lot of questions that those that we have. Okay. And if you feel as almost in in this society now that if you start asking questions about 
what does the vaccination do as opposed to what it was supposed to do? Uh, what happens with future cases? If, if, um, are we going to have to have booster shots for the rest of our lives? Are we going to be ever really protected? And it seems like if you contradict the line that one party in this country touts that you're doing something that is immoral, but people have questions based on their own life's experience with with this thing. Do you think that, A, we will get to a day where we can have honest discussions about not only the origins, the growth, but how to deal with COVID, and will we get to a place where we can do so openly in society without fear of retribution? I hope so. I, I think you. I think you men make a good point when you say nobody wants to get this. It's a even the Omicron can be a hard disease on people. But the good news is this: if you do get either the Omicron or you had the Delta or you had the wild type, you have significant immunity. If you you get it, it means the vaccine wasn't perfect, but the vaccine may well have saved you from getting hospitalized or dying from it. But the good news is now you have even more extensive immunity because if you get the virus, you're now immune to a lot of different proteins, not just the S protein that is in the vaccine. You're immune to a lot of other proteins. So you have a concerted body's response. There, I think, is um, much to be said that you won't need a booster. So if, if I were your doctor and you asked me my advice and you said, I've been vaccinated, I had a couple of vaccines, I may have even been boosted, but I got it recently, what do you think I need to do? I'd say absolutely nothing. I think you're probably good. I also think that there's a very good chance that Omicron has now uh, allowed the virus to evolve into something that we are going to be able to mostly survive. Vaccines will still be a part of it, but so will therapeutics. And the thing is, is there are treatments and people need to know that there are things that you can take. This is one thing DeSantis has done a very good job on is getting the monoclonal antibodies out. Now, they need to adapt to a new monoclonal antibody and that'll come. But mainly we need to get the Biden administration out of the way of the distribution of the monoclonal antibodies, because apparently if you're a deplorable and you live in Florida, you might have to wait in line because uh, they've deemed you unworthy. But uh, I think that there's good news all around that we're going to get past this. Well, thank you. When you have time, I would love to spend um, a solid hour with you just talking policy because you have other things like race policies, race based distribution policies in New York which are insane to me. But people have asked me that no, I'm, that we were going to talk today to ask, please ask you the one burning question that is on everybody's mind. So, and I promised that today I would. What will it take to have Dr. Fauci removed from government office? Another election, unfortunately, because, you know, right now we don't control the investigation of the committees. Democrats are unwilling to investigate him. Now, I referred him to the Department of Justice for lying. I think he lied under oath about the gain of function where they're juicing up viruses in China. I think he lied about that. But it won't ever be prosecuted under this administration. So elections are important. You know, and so that's why I've told people, help me, help, help me get reelected, help the Republicans take over, and we will get to the bottom of this. I plan on having hearings and subpoenaing all the records with regard to the Wuhan lab. I plan on bringing in experts and scientists to talk about whether it's a good idea to be creating these viruses that don't exist in nature. So I think that's the only uh, really hope. And basically, elections have consequences. The people in charge now don't care. And in fact, they're they're perfectly happy to let Fauci do whatever he wants. 
Dr. Paul, amazing as always. Um, is there a way people, you know, people all around want to get a hold of you? What do they just do? Just just leave messages at your office? How do they reach you? Well, they can go to randfall.com if they want to help the effort. If they want to have, if they have a congressional or Senate question, they can call an office in Washington. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, thank you. Thank you for leading and spearheading and staying on top of this for so many of us. It means a great deal to know that you are out there taking the lead in this battle. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Bob. ABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden with you. What a beautiful voice. Yeah. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly with you. So let's head back to the phones, Rich. Where should we go? Let us begin in sunny California and speak with David in L.A. Welcome, David. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Mr. Snurdly. James, you're having a great show today. You're on fire. I'm loving everything you say. Now I'm going to talk about your clip today that was featured on the Sid show. It was Sid Solo. And yeah, man, he's really in a hurry to have you kiss the ring of the great Sid Rosenberg. And so uh, that's what that was all about. But your clip today, it was about how Eric Adams, you didn't care that he appointed his brother, and maybe not. But here's what I don't like that he was quick to pull the race card when he was being criticized for it, saying it had to be because of white supremacy. And uh, that becomes an issue that as soon as you get criticism, deflect it and repress it by pulling the race card, white supremacy. So now that he did demote his brother, as you mentioned, uh, gee, what's going to happen about white supremacy? Well, I guess the white supremacists will attack him. I don't know. I mean, just look, look, don't we get tired of being played Every day with the same stupidness from Democrats. Everything is race with these people. You know, what? so what? It's tired of this crap. Okay? So, no, I don't care. I don't care he demoted his brother. I don't care he hired his brother. Like I said, the last mayor gave his wife tens of millions of dollars, still unaccounted for, and nobody cares about that. You know, this is the kind of stupidness in politics I don't care. What I care about is the person that's in their store that has somebody come in with a knife, threaten their life with a knife, rob them of $2,000, and then you have the district attorney of Manhattan send that person to a judge and say, please let him off with a misdemeanor. We don't care about the weapons charge. The stuff that really affects people's lives is what's going on with this district attorney. There needs to be a recall movement starting today to get rid of this Manhattan district attorney. I don't care about Eric Adams and his brother. I care about the people of this city who work hard for a living, who should not have their lives threatened by these, by these, these criminals, these career criminals, and have a district attorney who actually elevates the criminal class and puts them over the hardworking Americans who live and who are trying to bring New York back. Those are the people I care about. My fellow New Yorkers, thank you for the call. Where are we going to next? We're going to head over to Cortland Park and speak with Rex. 
Rex, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. What's up? Hey, James. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, love listening to your program. Uh, my, I have two quick comments. Kathy Hochul, doesn't she basically have the ability and to get rid of uh, this Alvin Barry? And, hey, appoint a different Democrat. There's got to be one that's a little bit more even-tempered and, and more conservative than... Alvin Bragg. And I don't know whether she... she missed. Miss Hochul, the unelected governor in New York, is too busy trying to pander to every racial group. Oh, we're going to give black people vaccines first. What kind of sense does that make? Everything that Dr. King stood for, these people are going to stand up in a few days from now and start waving the Dr. King flag and telling us how they all were loved and supported Dr. King his entire life and how we need to honor Dr. King. And yet and still, everything that they're doing up up until that day is going to be what she's doing which is ignoring everything Dr. King said about putting character and content of character ahead of race matters, ahead of the superficial color of one's skin. This entire Democrat Party has lost their way from top to bottom. Now, as to your question whether she can fire Bragg legally, I don't know. But we shouldn't leave it to her. The voters in Manhattan need to today start the recall effort to get rid of this fraud that calls himself a district attorney and send his progressive ass packing with these nonsensical laws that threaten their lives, these nonsensical policies that allow hardened career criminals to get back on the street. Alvin Bragg needs to go. Oh, you know, I wanted to, to leave on a nice note. And, and so let me try to transition, and I hope it's not too abrupt. Yesterday, I, I, <laughs> Yesterday, I got some really, I thought it was really great news. I thought it was terrific, actually. There's a baseball player that played for the New York Mets. Now, you know WABC has a long history with the Yankees. You know I'm a WABC guy, but the Mets. I I remember going to the Mets games in 69 during that run-up year to that World Series, the impossible World Series and I remember so much about being at Shea Stadium so many times. Um, the Mets have four players and six individuals that whose numbers have been retired. Tom Seaver, Mike Piazza, Jerry Kuzman, Gil Hodgers, Casey Stengel. Across, across baseball, Jackie Robinson. Keith Hernandez is going to have his number, his number. Retired. I have had the good fortune of sitting down and breaking bread with Keith any number of times over the last few years. What a gentleman. What an amazing, wonderful human being. And so, Keith, congratulations. Keith Hernandez will become the fourth player for the New York Mets to have his number retired. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. We are here, New York strong. New York City, our city, greatest city 
in the world, in America, the greatest country humanity has ever witnessed. God bless you. God bless your families and protect you. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Bye.